I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Livs. Hi, I'm Em. I'm Glenroy. I'm Kareem. And I'm Lan Bell. We're from the Fish Tea podcast where we talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean. Life in the diaspora and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're doing a takeover of the Dope Black Women podcast. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottom up. Hi, everyone from Dope Black Women. We're no, now hear some different voices. We, we, we've moved over, right? I'm going to set up a little tent, right? Then give me a black, we'll have a little visa for a little while. We'll, we'll, pen, we'll, pen, we'll, pen. we'll come from 15. I thought some little things over here. So, hi, everyone. How are you doing? Oh, gosh, we feel nice. We feel like in front of some people. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How you been? How y'all been? Oh, Medea. I recovered from the weekend. But I got my <laughs> friend to have a look at um, Potluck birthday in 90s situation. I go on and forgot to make it awesome. Not too much. Did I drink enough? And next man, I have to wake up. I have to take Tylenol for breakfast. So, let's <laughs> show it how it goes. As if, as if that's so. I got my little dance up before work yesterday. Come on, you know what? I have a little wellness competition, right? And then another freestyle section. I'm freestyle a little bit too much. And so I'm nursing a, what I'd like to call a sports-related injury right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a team never win, right? My team never win, but to, the other, to, to be fair to the other team, then we carry on with themselves. Then we actually remember the routine or then we teach it. So big them up just for that. How are you doing, Em? Yeah, take care of life easy. Prepping up myself for Halloween, okay. which is uh, this weekend. 
come LRI water. Me dashing out like all my dash out in previous years. Me no reason what I have to do, but that's what I'm eyeing for the weekend. All right, well, well I know. We are, you, you always do a bag of things. We are, what's your plan? So this year, I'm, I'm actually, you know, giving birth to a new character. Her name is Madame Lola Thought. Okay. And y'all will meet her on October 30th. Okay. See you now. <laughs> yeah. Look how I a drag queen this year. I couldn't find nobody for do it for me. So I'm just... I wanted to yeah. give birth to a drag persona. That's exactly what she's doing. That was the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, yeah, we'll wait for Lola to come out. All right. Madame Lola Thoughts. Lola Thought? Yes. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> what man, well? I'm here, just here, relaxing. <laughs> Glenn, there's nothing exciting. There's no exciting updates. There's nothing exciting happening at this moment. It's a Sunday. We're in lockdown. And after the podcast, I'm going to help to prepare dinner. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have not done that in... Such a long time, like Sunday brunches are not a thing anymore. I haven't seen my mother in a long time, which is a perfect segue for the topic that we'll be discussing today, by the way. But just to say, because we can't go up with my mother for the Sunday dinner, right? I have not seen her in a while. Um, but as I said, we'll be talking about um Kremen's relationship um with black women. Well, black queer men's relationship with black women on the podcast. Um, I think we've noticed at different points that um, sometimes there are certain tensions and at other times um, there are lots of similarities. And so we're gonna delve into what that looks like. I mean, I've I've been around queer men that have very antagonistic relationships with um, you know, black cis women, unfortunately, or just black women in general and I think that merits investigation um, and just you know uh, the shared oppressions as well as um, the shared moments of celebration so I'm gonna jump in you know whether it is with your moms or uh, sisters or female cousins um, let's talk about it um I think for me, having not, I didn't grow up with my mom because um, my, my mom died when I was age five. Um, and then my sister would have moved. I didn't like, know, know my sister until she moved back, until my father would have um, remarried and she moved back when she was in grade six. But as you said, female cousins, I think I... For me, they were, and, and people always say like cousins are like your best friend growing up. Um, I had two female cousins um, who were like literally my best friends. I think everything, they were way older than me. Well, maybe not way older, but they were older than me. Like everything, um, in a sense, I would want um, to do with them. I, I never understood it at that point. Um, but for me, I, they were like, important in my life. I remember when um, one of them graduated, um, left um, Magati High and was going to live in Montego Bay. 
that was like heartbreaking. I naturally I cry over everything, but the day that I ball, I ball, I ball, I ball, I ball, because I felt like at that point she was possibly one of the persons who knew me the most, and I was losing that person. So like who would kind of take that um her place in um my life. Okay. Um, I have, so I want to kind of jump in on that just a little. Um, so um, just to connect that. So as someone who is effeminate, um, I, I think I often hear the critique um, or criticism that we copy Black women a lot. We copy their mannerisms, we copy their ways of speaking. And I wanted to know as somebody who had that relationship with, with you know with your female cousin do you think that you were if not copy emulating her in a particular way or not um maybe i did um but i i think i for personal i haven't investigated it um to see if in a lot of ways that was what i was doing um because I think I wasn't really exposed a lot to what it meant to be um, gay. Um, so for a lot of things for me, I feel like I was just existing, knowing that, okay, I was close to um, a female cousins. I had, like growing up, I had more um, female friends than I, than I would have male friends. Um, and they kind of, I don't know, they were more, as I said, like I was growing up, I was also effeminate. Um, so that males doing the male things, I would stick more to my female cousins. I, I, I don't think I investigated it enough to see why there was a like, I like to hang out or be in the company of my female cousins or female friends more than I, I, I like the company of um, males. Okay. All right. So Mega, you know, come at me, you know, I love up in our business. I'm gonna fling that over to Karim. You know, we're resident, I forgot. Your, your nail appointment every two weeks to make sure so the nails are on fleek, right? Um, I would love to hear what you think about that notion that, you know, Black queer men copy um, Black women's speech patterns, their, their ways of doing things and their ways of being. Do you think that there is that copying that is happening? You know, so when I heard the word copy, when, when you said the first, the, the first time you said copying, like inside, I was like, oh, that's just, sounds so old but then you said emulate now just like I could see me doing that that feels such that feels better I mean because I think about the women in my life in particular like my mom and growing up around her I definitely think I emulate a lot of her like mannerisms and a lot of the way she approaches life and the way she like puts herself together right my mom is very she didn't have a whole lot of money growing up, but she was going to look right stepping out. And especially when I used to go to Walmart, she was like, I need to make sure that I'm representing my son in the best light. So she, the way she would put herself together, people thought that she had just left her law office or something and left the, left the assistant to run the business for her while she came to the PTA meeting in the middle of the day and blah, blah, blah. So I think I approach life in that same way, right? I don't have a lot of money, but I'm going to look a certain way. I'm going to um, put myself together a certain way. even. The way she hosts like she she's always having people over and that's something that i'm like oh my god i can't wait to like really get my own place so that i can start hosting so that i can start you know having these big events and blah 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 and entertain people the way my mom does um 
in terms of like the mannerisms, the way black women say things, you know, I've never, it's a conversation or a debate that always happens here. And it's never so always so straightforward because sometimes it's like, well, did some of these language that black women use, like, you know, it's almost like we feed off each other. Like black women use language that originated in the queer, um, the black queer ballroom scene and so on and so forth, as opposed to it just being like a one-sided thing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I, I can't sit here and be like, oh no, we don't. But I, I definitely, there are definitely times where you, like I find myself saying certain things or doing certain things or just like the way I, like, for example, I, my nails are long. And so the way I gesticulate, right, is very much like um, the way um, Black women in the communities that I've been living in for the last couple of years, the way they like their mannerisms and so on, right? So we see, um, who can I use as a good example? I don't want to use Cardi B because her blackness is, people always question that, but very much like the smacking and the nails and the very much thing that people say, like well, Cardi B copy black women for, I find myself from time to time doing it. So I can't sit here and be like, oh no, I don't think we do that. Um, but Lambell did touch on something though, in terms of just like understanding why um, he, you know, always favored the company of women over men and so on. And it's a conversation that I briefly mentioned in the in the WhatsApp group. It was a conversation I was having with somebody else about how I chose my therapist, right? Um, I chose a black woman and I was very intentional about a black woman. I was, I had some mixed feelings about why I really wanted a black woman. But for me, it's like, that's where I've always felt safe, right? Like I could go amongst a, a room full of black women and get compliments as opposed to questions, right? It's like, yes, for your nails, yes, for the hair. Oh my God, I love what you're wearing as opposed to why are you wearing that? Why are your nails so long? Um, and so I've always felt very safe, even talking about beyond like the superficial, talking about very intimate stuff with them. Um, I just feel like they get it, right? I don't feel like I have to justify myself or my actions to them. When I'm talking about my relationship with men and blah, 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 like they get it. When I, whereas when I had the male therapist, um, the cis male, like I felt like I was putting on a veil before I went to him. So I felt like I needed to present a certain way. And so when I was asking the lady, she was doing like my intake form. She's like, I, I told her I want specifically a black woman because I feel like I don't have to, you know, put on some type of layer or mask to them. I feel like I could just be myself and I, this is the space where I need that. So I don't know. I don't know even if that itself is kind of like, problematic because you know people talk about black women being centered rehab centers for broken men and blah 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 so. <laughs> I mean so for me I so I know what there's one thing about my mother I definitely know that I I copy right and I will say the word copy if not emulate I will I will tell people I am my mother's child I will always say that I I, I have I think we have similar tastes in men I think and, and, I, and that was something I realized very late in life. It was kind of odd how I said, but wait, I think that my mother kind of like the same kind of mother that odd. And then my mother don't discuss these kinds of things. So it's not like, but I realized that um, we're both, I learned to be strong from her. I learned to be take charge from her, but I do, I have a very vivid memory. So this was um, when my dad graduated from all age school and mommy did not come to graduation, you know? You know, not so bad. Me was a top boy, and I mean, I get that a wild day at the local school, and so, so you know, when my mother show up, right, it's that old scene. 
And she came in this beautiful black dress, right? That had some red frills at the bottom. And then the way she kind of stepped out of the car, like in her high heels leg first, every time I have on my heels and I step out of a car, I try to have that moment there when my mother did have. I'm going to say, you see what she did? I say, yeah, girl. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, so, I mean, I, like, I remember just being in love with how glamorous my mother was as a working class woman um, growing up. And I, and I think in many ways, I, I tried to emulate that um, in different ways. But, you know, so, and, and, and you said something that I think is very important, um, Kareem, which is you talk about feeling safe with Black women. I mean, I sometimes feel more safe with sometimes black cishet women than I do with other queer men, if I'm being very honest, sometimes. So I'm, I think that queer men have this relationship, some, not all, have this relationship with each other that we are sometimes in competition with each other, even without knowing it. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're, we're way more catty with each other and that kind of thing. And, and, and I think about my two friends, uh, Regina and Christina, who are, you know, I mean, and I have other like um, black women friends that I, I don't feel like I have to be that, be like catty or so with them, right? Even so well, I don't feel like that. It feels like I can breathe and, and, and be vulnerable. And I don't know it's, if it's because of how women are raised differently from men um, that, that, that maybe they're given the tools to be able to handle people's vulnerabilities better than um, men generally are, um, that I do kind of, and I have had that experience of feeling more readily able to be vulnerable with my black women friends and feeling safe in that way. Um, um, and I have particular perspectives about the whole copying thing, but, before we do that, I'm a loopy in my friend M. M. Way it's fake. Yeah, um, much of what you guys said has, um, have been my experience. So my relationship um, with women, I think, dates back to my grandmother. Um, may her soul rest in peace. And I think she's one of the women that I've, when I, when I think about who I am as a person, She's one of the women I take most of my traits from. Um, my mom as well. And, you know, like growing up with, with my grandmom in the country, um, there were my, my cousins as well, um, my female cousins and my big sister who also lived in the community. And I also remember always wanting to like be around my brother, but then like he never warm around him. So <laughs> by default, even though, um, it was it was it was probably not my first choice. I always ended up with the females, and that was partly because I was an effeminate child growing up, still effeminate, but yet. Um, and I I just enjoyed doing everything that they did. So I remember like one of my most fondest memories um, growing up was my sister teaching me to go go wine. I don't know how much I remember go go wine. If you don't remember go go wine, I'm too young. <laughs> Be in the space. <laughs> Let me just say that. But like, and I think that's, I think that's where uh, my passion for dancing came from. Like, ever since then, I was a wine of myself, from Macarena, like, 
But one one thing I'm um, oh. looking back that I probably don't appreciate about my relationship with um with women is that sometimes I feel like uh like I don't want to say caricature, but I feel I feel like I'm always on the stage as a queer person. Like they're expecting because I'm queer, I'm always going to be front and center flamboyant performing all the time um and i get that a lot when i go to events with with um cishet women okay. like we're 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 in a, we're we're not in a queer space but we're in a we're in a tolerant space or um an inclusive space so to speak and if it's if i'm not in a queer space i'm not gonna be on the dance floor i'm just not comfortable enough to be on the dance floor even though it's an inclusive space but you know, like they expect me to be on the dance floor and they're always like coercing me to be on the dance floor. And I'm like, you know, chill. But so like, that's probably the only thing about um, my specific relationship with him. I don't know if anybody else has that sort of experience. But outside of that, like that's really my go-to space. I get super anxious when I'm around men. Um, Cishet men in particular, sometimes queer men. So I try to avoid that space as much as I can. I mean, I think for me, what, what, what stands out for me is just when, you know, you, know you, 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 you have your little girl, you have your girlfriends and your girlfriends, y'all cool. And then your girlfriends get a man, right? And then maybe for some reason you, she and the man, they're out somewhere or there's a little, Look a host party, a little lime, and then the man come around. It's almost like it changes the dynamic um, of the relationship because then it's like, how am I within this space? And I think maybe that's the piece that I that 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 is always what would I say that I pay attention to. So in other words, I pay attention to whether or not the, you know, the women, the, the, the women who I'm friends with, um, if the men that they end up, you know, taking on romantically, um, if they provide sufficient space for me, and I'm not gonna ask my women to choose between love or them friendship because me not gonna do that. But I do pay attention to what that, that, what that dynamic then becomes, because it may simply mean if one look at event I'm gonna show up or you know mega calm or mega just as I say the problem please and choose and mind my business because I'm a friend I'm mega show up there I'm gonna always meet for the center of attention. Um, but that is something that I do think does affect our relationship sometimes because I feel like yeah it's sometimes you know if I mean one you know if I express it right but I think um, but I think probably cishet women have this experience with each other that once they bring one man in a while space with the girls, it changes the dynamic. Me, I know, me, I know, me, I know. But but that's the thing that because if you have a like if you have a best friend and 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 or, or a girlfriend and she has a, a semi-tolerant, if that's even a term, boyfriend, it kind of want you kind of wonder. Okay, all right. What is quote unquote off limits, and what does that mean for who you and I interact and what you and I talk about, and that kind of vibe, and that that is what I pay attention to. Um, 
Yeah, I wanted to say two things. I wanted to pick up on the point that Karim raised, and you had explained it, Glenn, about safety. And I think for me, like even thinking about my high school days, I felt even though at that point I didn't identify, um, I felt that when it came to, for example, being effeminate and you know other um, um, but straight men kind of saying whether jeering or saying things or whatever, it would have been those female friends who would have whether them know or not or whether them suspect or not or whatever they would have been the one to say go on by your business lower my loan your love man walk where are all kind of things so they would have been the ones when you kind of feel like if you say anything to them because man and man them are going fist fight they would have stepped in to be like go on your ways so i do share the same thing that i felt protected even at that time where I was trying to figure out um, a lot of things, I really and truly felt protected um, by them. And I don't know if I would have, if at that point I would have gotten the same support, whether from um, straight male friends that I have, because possibly them would have then branded as, oh, one other things, or you are um, this, or you are that, if they would have kind of stood up to be like, yo, leave him alone or whatever. Um, and then now to your point about, I, I think I have been in a sense fortunate enough um, to have female friends who've had boyfriends who I don't need to kind of be like, all right, cool, I'm entering a space with a straight man, how do I kind of act? I feel like I have been fortunate to kind of just, and I'm, I'm not doing anything like, out of the norm or whatever, but I've never had to kind of be like, all right, I'm going into this space and this is how I, I never needed to police myself, um, really. But I've also, in a sense, um, I've had female friends, well, and those that I've gone to university with who I know that them have a touch of homophobia in them. I know, I know, I know, right? And it, it doesn't only shape the interaction that I have with my, with that female friend or with those female friends. It also shaped the interaction that I have with um, the dudes. Because I know I'm not into pretend. Um, they, it is something that it is said. It is something that you know. And I think more and more, like I, I tried to interact less. I'm saying interact less. Where did that T come from? Anyways, to interact less because I never necessarily want to be in spaces where I have to police um, myself. So it, it, in a sense, I think it has affected the friendship because, because me know um, your boyfriend is like that. Nobody invite me out. We can talk on the phone and thing and thing, but I'm not going to be, you know, if there's a space that all three of us have to be in, um, don't send me an invitation because I'm not going to be in that space. I'm sorry. I guess I've had to navigate that in a different context because like over here, it's it's a mixed bag. I mean, like I've definitely, I've had friends call me out for policing myself in front of their partners. So my, one of my closest, my, my Nigerian best friend, she whenever she would introduce me, especially like in the early years of our friendship to like somebody she was dating or somebody she was outright with, 
some for some reason immediately the voice became deeper and it becomes Wagwan well, bro, like hey bro, or whatever, whatever. And shut up and hold the camera. I love me, Jesus. You know what? They're the deep vibes now. A long time and after that, so I'm gonna remember. And like literally one time in front of him, she was just like, "I hate when you do that. Like, why are you doing that?" And I was just like, "What?" She's just like, "Why are you trying to be all this masculine all of a sudden?" Like. And then one time she put me to the side, I was just like, look, if they can't stand it, fuck them. Because at the end of the day, you're my best friend and I don't have time for that. And I was just like, oh, and I've actually had like, even like grown women friends who were, who would stop talking to their partner because the first thing they would tell them was, oh, Carmine's my best friend and he's gay. Like literally the first thing. My mom does that when, did that when she was dating a while back. I have a gay son. How do you feel about that? And then... If not, then they got to go and I have to be like, no, like, you know, you got to give them time to come around or whatever the case may be. So I guess my uh, experience has been a little bit different. I mean, a few of them, like we don't, I'm not going to say like we're, we always had like the best relationship, like outside of like when my friend, my female friend isn't there, but it's never really been hostile either. Or if it was, then it wasn't something that was displayed to me. So I guess it probably helps that I, you know, I'm navigating that living here as opposed to in Jamaica. Well, you know, funny you say that because I think I've been fortunate, particularly with like the women that I am close with, um, that the the men in their lives actually um, have tended to be very supportive. So it's not that I've experienced it, but I think I think it's it's I think like what M describes that the signal government it is all right, one man there or no let me say oh this I go 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 okay. I'm not sure if this I'm going to left. I'm not sure if this nigga I'm going to stay kind of. And then my thing is, I think also, like I think as Em said, I have an actually big personality, but with anywhere I go when I walk into a room, um, a bit more difficult now, but I do, I don't jump at the first go. I stop and assist and I look around and I see who's in the room before I fully you know, let myself kind of shine through because I don't think everybody deserves all of me. And I need to know that whosoever is in the room is somebody that is worth all of this. And so if it's not people that deserve all of me or are not going to receive me well, I only go where I'm wanted, right? And if I realize I'm not wanted in a space, I have other things to do, including watch Netflix. So maybe take up the things I'll leave. So that's the thing. I always kind of stop and assess, and I think I'm a bit more, you know, I'm a little biases. I'm a bit more hip to that when there are set men in the room. Take a, take a while with them, because you know, men are inherently distrusted, right? So I'm going to say, all right. All right, I'm cool. I'm cool. All right, let's keep, right? And then we key, and we'll go. And um, it's, I think it's surprisingly, it always surprises me sometimes how good it goes, because I think some of them, Actually, in many ways, we have a lot of similarities. All right, we just get along because um, my phone is. Um, but I think on the flip side of things, what I have found interesting is dealing with queer men who are misogynistic. Mm. And that grates me to no end. Like I have had the unfortunate like distinction of having to cuss out misogynistic queer men um, for a good portion of my life because I feel like sometimes queer men think that because they deal with homophobia that it's 
a carte blanche to talk about women in any which way and enough to investigate the ways in which they perpetuate patriarchy and it exhausting sometimes. I don't know if I just or we disguise it as a joke. Right. Disguise it, you know, girl, you know I'm only playing. Relax. You and I are pretty much the same thing. Exactly. No, baby, we not. And what about you? Have you had to deal with that? Or like that? <laughs> Um, I, 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 I'd say no, but I don't forget that I was on the receiving end or the other side of that coin <laughs> at some point um, with my own, um, what's the word, ignorance of my misogyny. Okay. Yeah. Wait, well, I'm just, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Let it go, let it go. <laughs> I will not. It was our, <laughs> it's, our it's our origin story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um I've I don't know, I'm, I'm, I've a very weird relationship with queer men, like men are really like watch them from afar before my trip, before my enter them space. So if the them have certain traits from the jump, I'm not gonna really deal with them. So unless unless you're my friend and then that came up afterwards, like I somehow hide it from me all these years. But um I've not had many experiences with um having to deal with um misogyny among my queer male friends. Okay. No, um, I think it will be the same experience for me as James. I, I, well, I think I have few, very few queer um, male friends. Um, and I've never, that's not something I've had to um, deal with any of them. I remember one person in particular, um, and he was saying that, and he was, I think, but he was openly misogynistic, openly. Um, he wasn't really a friend of mine. I just knew him. Um, and I remember one thing in particular, and he was saying that it, apparently in his past, he had trusted women with certain, I guess, secrets about his queerness and they used it against him. And I guess, I guess him decided to, you know, what, if one woman do that, then all women did that. And so that was his excuse for his own misogyny. But I feel like it's all, it, it, it's in the little things, right? It's the way in which sometimes queer women, sorry, queer men would say to, to women to be, be ladylike or to, to hold them to certain standards or to, to not realize the ways in which um, they, they often side with men when them do them foolishness, right, against women. I think I've noticed that. And I think um, the high levels of misogyny is because we've never had to kind of look into, while being queer, um, that we still benefit from their privilege in many ways. Um, and so that's definitely something I think um, that's a difficult conversation to have. And it, and it also happens a lot in your conversations um, around trans women and trans uh, and trans identity just overall. Um, and so yeah, 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 yeah. I I I think there's there's a lot more work there. Even though 
you know, you know, queer men and you know, cis women as well as queer women um, tend to sometimes get along very well. I feel like there's a lot more work there to kind of identify the ways in which there, there there can be friction, and I don't know if we're having the conversation. But maybe I just mean maybe conversation I mean not in it. I don't know if it's just you, because when, um, was it Lemar, the cis guy that came on? Yeah. Um, when he said, all men are trash. Yeah. Um, that's when I was just like, mm. when, I, when I think about queer men's treatment of, some of us rather, of um, women in particular, black women, the misogyny and all those things. I was just like, yeah, in that aspect, we really are trash. Um, I don't have any concrete examples, but I definitely have seen where and i think probably even shoot in my own ignorance where i've said not understanding or recognizing um the how we perpetuate um the patriarchy like you said or should even some of the senseless jokes that we make right like some of us um we make crude jokes about women's ability or inability to um to have kids um, but again, we make it in our own, like on ourselves, not recognizing how that perpetuates some bullshit. So, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of conversations that we have to dive into, and hopefully, things like these are a good start to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely hope so too, because I feel like there are a lot of shared issues, um, and I think in many ways we're better together and kind of identify the shared issues that we are kind of apart. But then again, people are people. So people will people. Um, but there's definitely room for conversation and growth um, in that lens. But I don't think I had answered this, um, which was the very first question I asked. And time's almost up, right? right? Them soon come, them, them soon come run out, or rent almost due. Yes, but what I will say is that I I don't know the notion that you know there's a, there's take there is a copying of you know you know of what black women do. I think you had said it very well, Karine, that there's exchange. I think all of our experiences talk about the ways in which our lives inter intertwine with the women around us constantly. Um, we share culture, we share lingo, we share interests in men um, and, and other things. And I think that's where some of that similarity thing. And, I, and, and when I call myself effeminate, noting that that's a loaded word, word I think it's, I, I like to do things that society has kind of labeled as woman-like. Um, right. I like it because women like it. I like it, I like it that society decided that women I like it, and I think that is the difference. Um, and I think it's because that cause I like it that men women tend to have great relationships and not kind of uh, the other way around. So, um, big up the no black woman podcast. Um, yeah, I was going to share something really quickly before you wrap up because that I, I found something and it that the last part of it sat with me just like and similar to what you just said. It's actually coming from this. Um, white passing Latino man trying to question whether or not he does copy black women. Um, and he says, many aspects of my identity, performance, appropriate cultural practices built by black women. 
I don't know if my performance is problematically appropriative or if because it is a sincere performance of my own marginalized identity, a femme performing man, it just simply is. But black women's performance is so good for my soul. So um, it just simply is. I don't, you know, that's why I guess maybe that word copying doesn't necessarily sit right with me, but I can definitely say it's, yeah, I see it, I see it. I cannot say I don't see it. Birds of the feather flock together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm black woman and for the dope. We're not just dope. It's the name of the podcast. It's dope black women. You know? We're not good at up on ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for allowing us to come here, you know, uh, uh, spill, and spilling some tea and drink some fish tea um, in other space. Thank you for having us. You know, we hope to have you on our side soon. Right. So, you know, check us out at Fish Tea Podcast. Um, we're on all podcast platforms. Forms, and you can always reach out to us at, at Fish Tea Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook or at Fish Tea Podcast at gmail.com. Take care of yourselves. We're not going to do the full vaccination so I always do because time. But yeah, pandemic, watch yourself and take care of yourself also. All right. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>